Hello and welcome to Little Yo Pod, the All Things Yosemite podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jackson, and today's episode is a list of things not to do when visiting Yosemite. This is the Yosemite Don'ts list. Now, when I say Yosemite Don'ts, I mean things that people are doing that they probably know are wrong, but they do them anyway. And frankly, I am sick and tired of the blatant disregard. <laughs> Some people show to my home and the place that most visitors respectfully enjoy. My hope from this episode is that you, my dear listener, will feel empowered to join the army of Yosemite stewards to help inform these wrongdoers of their wrongdoing. I'm not trying to be a bully here, and I don't encourage you to be either, but these actions must stop. They are bad for the environment, and they are bad for visitors, and sometimes they're just plain unsafe. I was inspired to write this episode when I was at the Four Mile Trailhead a few days ago waiting for my hiking partner and saw some of the most disrespectful traffic behavior I had seen in a while. If you're not familiar with the Four Mile Trail, it's the trail that goes up to Glacier Point and the parking for it is off Southside Drive as you're entering Yosemite Valley. So it's a one-way road with two lanes, and there are a few places on the shoulder to park your car on either side of those lanes. It's a small area, there aren't many spaces, and it fills up quickly. But for some reason, this spot baffles what I'm assuming are first-timers to the park. So I'm sitting there eating my breakfast and watch as multiple cars slow down through that section, almost to a stopping point, looking around for whatever all those cars are parked there for. I think they think there is a viewpoint they're missing since there are so many cars, never minding the fact that there is a big sign that says four mile trailhead. Okay, so I can forgive this. I know there is a lot to look at when you visit Yosemite, so I get the desire to not miss anything. But after the people in the car decide there's nothing really special to see, they accelerate out of there and continue on, generally. This happened no less than seven times in the 10 minutes I was sitting there. And then... It happened. The person who stops and decides to make a parking space in the middle of the road for themselves. Yosemite don't number one, do not under any circumstances barring mechanical failure, stop in the middle of the road and park your car. People do this all the time and it is frustrating and dangerous. First, they just stop, usually, and everyone behind them tries to find ways around, and maybe they get a few honks and gestures. So then they throw on their hazard lights, which <laughs> they think make this behavior suddenly acceptable. This happens a lot with bear sightings or other wildlife sightings, even deer, um, and cars can pile up 20 deep, which means that no one can get through. They don't even try to find a shoulder. They just throw their car into park, flick on the hazards, maybe, and then they actually get out of their car, leaving it in the middle of the road and run into the woods to get a photo. Just talking about this makes me angry, especially when there's wildlife involved, because it can really upset them when 40 people or so start approaching them. So back to my experience of the four-mile trailhead. So someone went ahead and decided that even though she couldn't see anything from her car, there must be something to see. So she parked her car in the road, put on her hazards, and gets out to take a photo of something. I'm guessing it was the tiny bit of Upper Yosemite Fall you can see from there. Mind you, the trees open into a meadow about a quarter mile from there with a nice big shoulder to park on and great views of the falls, much better than the one you get there. So as that woman was parked there, dozens of 
cars had to funnel around her, including work trucks and a horse trailer, causing traffic to back up and creating a really dangerous situation. And she was out of her car for, get this, no less than four minutes. Four minutes she stayed parked in the middle of the road. I was just beside myself. What that woman was saying when she parked there was that she did not care if she was inconveniencing anyone else or even that she was putting others in danger. She was just thinking of her immediate want in that moment with complete disregard for anyone. Fortunately, everyone saw her and was able to get around her, but it just infuriated me, and I'm sure I was not alone. So just don't do it. If you see something you really want to stop for, wait until you have a good chance to do so and pull over in a designated shoulder parking space. Which brings us to Yosemite don't number two. Do not make parking spaces where they do not exist. I'm talking about an eroded shoulder off the road, on vegetation, on the bike path, or in the forest. Just because a car or truck can make it there does not mean it belongs there. I see this a lot on busy summer days with a lot of traffic. I have seen trucks parked in the woods, deep in the woods, clearly in natural habitat. I have seen people park in driveways, double parked in crowded parking lots. And yes, I've even seen them parked on the bike path, forcing cyclists and pedestrians to either go around the offender by walking in the road or they walk out into the forest which is not good either way. Another point to consider, don't squeeze into a parking area when part of your vehicle is sticking out into the road. Not everyone is paying close attention when they are driving in Yosemite. In fact, probably most people aren't. And I have almost run into many cars with their bumper sticking out into the road. And that's me. I'm not even gawking at the cliffs when I'm driving, but it only takes a second of inattention to run into someone who's parked, um, not illegally, but stupidly. Okay, moving on to Yosemite don't number three. I've said this a million times, but do not ever approach, feed, or harass wildlife. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know you've heard me say this before, but it deserves repeating. Do not approach, feed, or harass wildlife. And I'm not just talking about bears, although for the love of God, never approach a bear. Many bears were killed in 2021 because they had lost their fear of humans, largely due to being approached by them and people not guarding their food properly. Yes, bears were killed because people did not follow the rules or basic common sense, which is really unfair and devastating. But also, do not approach or feed squirrels or birds or anything else that is cute and begging for food. Human food is bad for wildlife. It makes them sick and creates learned behavior that disrupts and puts at risk the people who are not trying to feed them. Squirrels carry diseases and parasites that carry diseases, and if a squirrel accidentally bites someone, that person has to get a rabies shot immediately, from which I understand is not very pleasant. Also, don't approach the mule deer. I know they seem docile and pleasant, but they can be easily agitated, and death by mauling from a mule deer has happened before in Yosemite, and I don't want to get graphic, but the person who was attacked and killed by a deer was a child, and I don't even think the child was provoking it, which leads me to believe it was just a random attack. They are wild, and they are big, and can be very dangerous. Give wildlife space. They don't like feeling cornered. The rule I say is if you can cover the animal with your thumb, you are far enough away from it. And that's a pretty good guideline. All right, on to Yosemite don't number four. Do not hang your hammock or slackline on a tree without putting something between the rope and the tree. 
Hammocks are great. They're fun. They're nice to relax in. But I don't think I have ever seen anyone besides uh, locals hang them up properly. When you tie your hammock directly to a tree, it damages the tree by rubbing into the bark. It creates grooves that may eventually even kill the tree. I have this fantasy of walking around housekeeping camp with some pruning shears and cutting down every hammock I see hung improperly. That's how much this bothers me. I can forgive this offense, however, because I think it's an honest mistake and not obvious if you don't use hammocks often. So the right way to do this is to keep the rope or webbing from directly contacting the tree, and you can do that by putting small sticks or a towel between the rope and the tree. So you loosely tie the rope around the trunk, and then you put sticks all around the trunk behind the rope. So it's not directly contacting the tree. It's like a little barrier. And you tighten the rope over the sticks, and they just create this little buffer. It's very easy to do, just takes a couple minutes, and saves the tree. <laughs> uh, this method applies to slack lines, especially to slack lines because they create a lot of friction um, due to the weight that's being put on them. But honestly, I almost always see slack liners hanging their stuff properly, so I don't actually have a problem with them. I don't think they need much direction. They're a little more in the know. Yosemite don't number five. Uh, do not pick the vegetation. Yosemite has a wonderful wildflower season, and those little beauties can be tempting to pluck and carry home, but it is just not allowed, and it's something that carries a hefty fine. I remember one year I was out on a run, and I saw this family carrying an entire branch of dogwood, of a dogwood tree that I'm pretty sure they had broken off and were carrying back to their campsite. <laughs> so I ran right up to them and asked them where they had gotten that branch. Admittedly, <laughs> I probably had crazy eyes because I was just furious. They told me they found it and I asked them where and they pointed behind them about 50 yards or so. Um, I eyed them pretty suspiciously and said, you just found a fully bloomed dogwood branch laying on the ground and they nodded and I said, great, you can go put it back over there. <laughs> go put it back. Uh, they were absolutely incredulous. I told them gathering vegetation was illegal, and if a ranger saw them, they could get a fine, which is true. Then I told them I just wanted them to have a nice vacation and not get in trouble, which was not true. What I wanted to tell them was that they should leave and not come back if they felt so inclined to rip pretty branches off trees in a national park to decorate their Easter buffet table. They were not happy, and I remember what the what the woman said, quote, you want us to walk all the way back over there and put it back? Again, it was like 50 yards away. And I said, yes. <laughs> then I just stood there and watched them do it. Was that an uncomfortable situation? Yes. Yes, it was. But it is up to us to protect this place and everything in it, even when it means having uncomfortable interactions. Now, don't be confrontational. Just be nice and explain why we do things the way we do in a national park. So Yosemite don't number six also has to do with vegetation, and that is to not walk through the meadows. The meadows are fragile and undergoing a lot of restoration, and walking through them impacts the spongy soil and creates social trails that divert water out of them. The problem with that is that the meadows dry out earlier in the season than they would naturally, and other vegetation, like pine trees, start to encroach on that meadowland. What we are seeing in Yosemite are meadows turning into forest, which is sad and going to change or even destroy some very important habitats and ecosystems. Also, walking into the meadow crushes the vegetation. There are signs and fences blocking off the meadows, which tell me that the people going into them are, again, balking at the needs of the habitat and the work that has been put into the restoration projects and just doing whatever they want to do. Especially guilty of this are landscape and wedding photographers. 
come on, guys, you should know better than that. Um, This just happened this week. I told some people not to walk in the meadow. I explained why. And they said, okay, sure. And then I walked away and they went right back into it again. So (sighs) pick your battles. I did what I could. um, And um, the people I was with were pretty, pretty upset. I said, you know what? You know, we, we did as we did the best we could and that's all any of us can do, but hopefully they get their comeuppance. <laughs> Moving on to Yosemite don't number seven. And I think I'm going to get some heat for this one, but it's don't be rude on a bicycle. I can say this as an ex rude person on a bicycle. <laughs> the way I behaved sometimes when I was biking was very wrong. Bikers, people don't know you're behind them. Don't expect them to move in anticipation of your arrival And don't expect people to walk single file on the path either. Do you like walking single file with your friends and family? So the bike path in Yosemite is a multi-use path, and that means that bikers do not have the right of way. Uh, The order is pedestrians and bikes yield to horses, bikes yield to pedestrians, and no one yields to bikes on the path. I'm sorry, bikes. I don't think I have had a problem with rude bikers really until this year. And maybe it's because I'm on the path walking groups around so often. I mean, and doing good work, like educating people, and we still get screamed at. And maybe it's because the shuttles aren't running, but cyclists have just been awful this year. The solution to people on the path in front of you, if you're on a bicycle, is just to say something, a simple on your left, or you can ring a bike bell, or you can say, excuse me, or bicycle coming through. Anything to alert them is enough to get the message across and people will move. They're happy to move for you, but don't expect them to have eyes in the back of their heads. If you really don't want to keep running into pedestrians on the path, you always have the option to ride your bike on the road, which is usually what I end up doing. Yosemite don't number eight. Ah, and I think a lot of people will agree with me on this one. Please don't blast your music from your backpack or whatever. I think there is a time and place for music on the beach when you're rafting or even at your campsite. That's all great as long as it's not so loud that no one can have a conversation. But when you're on a trail or even walking around the valley, it's just so unnecessary, especially if you're alone. Headphones were invented for a very good reason. I'm going to assume if a person is walking around by themselves blasting their music, they are seeking attention and should be prepared for whatever kind of attention they receive. I believe in freedom of expression, but I don't prefer to listen to anyone's music but my own. And I don't like when others choose to make people uncomfortable intentionally because that's what they're doing when they do that, especially if it's explicit music or music with explicit lyrics, and there are families and kids around, it's just not respectful. And it's really rude. So just don't just don't be rude. Use headphones. <laughs> All right, we're coming in a Yosemite don't number nine. So we're reaching the end of our list here. I have two more to go. Don't leave your organic waste like fruit peels or sunflower seed uh, shells or pistachio shells on the trails. I know it eventually will break down, but before it does that, it could be eaten by an animal. And while that may not seem like the worst thing, it's just not a natural food source for them and may attract them to places where they shouldn't be. It's just not good for them to become habituated to food they don't usually find in their habitat. Also, it's just ugly. I hate seeing peels and shells on the ground. Uh, on hiking trails, and they aren't something people are likely to pick up. So that stuff will just sit there for months (laughs) while it biodegrades. Just pack it out. Or if you don't want to pack out your shells, then just don't eat them on the trail. (laughs) There are plenty of other (laughs) options for things for you to eat. 
Also, just don't leave trash. I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but we do not accept any kind of trash on the ground here, including cigarette butts. Pack it out or quit smoking. There are these great little containers you can get that are smell-proof that you can stuff your cigarette butts into until they can be thrown away. And finally, Yosemite Don't Number 10 is another trash one and the number one (laughs) don't on this list. Don't make a bathroom in the woods and leave all of the evidence of it behind. Yeah, and this one is so gross, but one of the worst offenses I see everywhere in Yosemite, toilet paper, toilet paper and other things, but mostly toilet paper. Maybe the Park Service is partially to blame for this one because not all trailheads have bathrooms and that is something that does need to change, especially the trailhead parking for the Mist Trail, like the most popular trail in the park. But if you need to use the bathroom outside, what you must know is that leaving toilet paper is littering and it's really bad for any animals that get into it. Ground squirrels may take it to line their nests, and that is just super wrong and so sad and cannot be healthy for them. So bring a bag to put the toilet paper in. Dig a nice deep hole, not for number one, but for number two. If you don't have a shovel, a sturdy stick works really well for that. Uh, Do your business and put the toilet paper in the bag until you can throw it away. Or don't use toilet paper. I use sticks to clean myself up and it's quite effective. I'm just saying if someone has the foresight to pack toilet paper, they must also have the means to bring a plastic bag to put it in. I know it's gross to carry out, but leaving that stuff behind is way more gross and it's a biohazard and it's not good for the animals. I dream of a forest one day with no toilet paper left behind. One day. One day. everybody that's it my top 10 yosemite don'ts what did you think of that list did i leave anything out i'm sure i did what are some other don'ts we could include on the list again i don't mean for this to be negative or condescending but i want you all to feel empowered to make this behavior a thing of the past it's not just up to the rangers or the guys or the workers to help people understand why the rules and guidelines exist it's up to all of us to help ensure yosemite's integrity for years to come Yosemite is a place for everyone, and everyone has an obligation and a right to see that it is well cared for. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod. If you like this podcast, please give me a rating and a review so more people can find this, what I think is very important content. Also, please consider a financial contribution to the podcast. I will leave a link to my Venmo account as well as ways to contact me in today's show notes. If you want to tell me what I missed on this episode, I would love to hear it. Please send an email to littleyopod at gmail.com or Facebook and Instagram message me. I am at littleyopod, all one word. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I'm Laura Jackson. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in Yosemite.